Hello and welcome to Dad Educates Daughter, the podcast on 80s music. This is series three, episode 18. I'm Dad Russell. Hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. So um, we had another week of groups that were in the 80s, didn't make a big dent in the 80s. Um, Hence, we're doing them now and not at the year that they, in the years they should have been earlier on. Um, How did you find this week? It was all right. I shocked myself because I liked more than I thought I would. That sounds good. And this week there were a lot of like mixes or medleys, should I say. I have a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you saying that someone might be linked in some way. Yeah. And I forgot about that, like, completely, until I was watching the videos and I saw Bellowy Sub and Hipsway. And their lead vocalist looks a bit similar. So but that could be way off. It could just happened to be that they look similar but it just popped into my head when I like literally got right to the end of watching Hipsway and I was like you look like the guy that I've just seen after watching Bellowy's son and then I was like oh dad did tell me that there's something linked so yeah but I'm not okay. sure I could be way off could be okay. way off you'll I'm find just, out um yeah. just to remind everyone who you had so we had Enigma the UK group there was two there was one in the 90s uh which done very well um this is the one that was pre those back in the early 80s um we had mirage we had flash and the pan roman holiday the sos band bellary sum and hipsway so how many if any number ones I've gone with none. I don't think there is any. You are correct. There are no number ones this week. So, let's talk music. Let's talk Enigma, the UK version. Yeah. So, I hope I've listened to the right one. But in one of the videos, it definitely said, like, 1983. So, it's definitely 1980s. Um, I think they're a disco group, but they do covers, and they make them into a medley. So I recognised a lot of the songs featured in the medley, and at first when I was listening to it, I was like, am I listening to the right one? Is there something going on here? Like, I was really confused, because I started off, then I went into something else, and then I was like, okay. But both the songs I got are both like that, so that must be something that they just did. Um, they're a band of four. And I'm, like, intrigued because one video that I watched, the description, it was them on top of the pops, but it was, like, it said Legs and Co. dancing to Enigma. So I'm, like, I don't know what that was or whether that was just someone getting it wrong. Don't know because you can't trust everything you read. Um, They definitely must have started in the 70s. They like their flared trousers. They got, like, that bit of metallic clothing. Their round glasses. Um, And they like doing a bit of dancing. But yeah, there weren't much. And one thing that I didn't do this week, because there's so little songs, 
Um, I just left it as that. I didn't go out and listen to any other songs. Well, you like probably I wouldn't have found much more anyway. Yeah, because I remember these obviously weren't that big in the 80s and not had much anyway. I was like, and some of them were hard to find on Spotify. So yeah. I was like, they couldn't have produced that much. So I was just like, let's all stress myself out. And I left it at what I've got. Okay. So. Well, first of all, just to clear up, Legs & Co were like the in-house Top of the Pops dance group. Right, okay. So they were, you know, just dancers that right. the BBC okay. used at the very beginning of Top of the Pops, sort of. Okay. And then they eventually went and it just became the audience and that. But yeah. So the four people that I would have seen on stage, they would have been Enigma and yeah, the people yeah. in my legs. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's just clear that up. Okay, so Enigma were Tino Rowe on vocals, Mike Martin J on guitar, Steve Underwood on bass, Jill Starwood on vocals, and Tracy Ackerman on vocals. Uh, they were formed in 1981 oh. in England. <laughs> That's all I know. Oh, okay. Um, Not even a place. No, no. Oh. And um, they were disco, quite plain and simple. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's what I had. So Enigma UK was a musical project uh, based on the Dutch Stars on 45. So the stars on 45 were people that Who covered other songs. I haven't had them. No, they were... They were someone with stars that covered songs. We've not mentioned them before as well. Um, so they were a musical project based on, on the stars of 45 uh, by British producer and musician Nigel White. The recordings were by session musicians. And the singers who performed the medleys of popular disco tracks. So they had musicians, session musicians, they had vocalists, and they sang popular disco tracks, pretty much. Right. In yeah. 1981, the singles Ain't No Stopping and I Love Music charted on the UK singles chart when released through Creole Records. They also released an album, Ain't No Stopping, which reached number 80 oh. on the UK album chart. <laughs> so they, they went on. They were just covers, medleys, whatever, you, you know, whatever. Um, in 1987, Wright disbanded Enigma. Oh. Well, when I say disbanded, he just stopped because obviously it was, there wasn't a group to disband as such because they were session musicians. So he just stopped the project. Yeah. Um, and he started another project. Uh, oh. Okay. So members Jill Saywood, Tracy Ackerman, and Steve Underwood, they went on to play an involve an involvement with Shack Attack, uh -huh. a band that wait for it, Nigel Wright was the producer of. Oh. So, there, so they kind of go. had their foot in the door through him. Yeah. So um, that that's it about Enigma. There's not much to say. No. I guess only one thing. With that album being not hitting very well, there's only so much of medleys that you can listen to, isn't there? Because yeah. Especially because it's covers. 
It's like, well, I've already heard the song of this. You're just giving me that and like seven more songs in one song. So I'm not surprised they didn't last that long. No, but it's funny because we did have another one about medleys and I can't remember who it was. And we said about they were one of the first pioneers of putting medleys together. Well, Enigma probably were one of the first as well because they were obviously in the early 80s. Yeah. And it's funny because at the beginning of the eighties, I mean, it was successful. And you had, as I say, your Dutch, the Dutch group Stars on Forty Five or the Dutch Project. Um, but it wasn't till the end of the eighties when you had Jive Bunny that it absolutely exploded. See how things can change just based yeah. on the times. Yeah, like we've always said, if they release things at different times, their then whole life it can make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's definitely the case, yeah. I would say, with these. Mm, um, so, yes, yeah, so that that is um, Enigma. They had two top 30 singles, which, funny enough, are the two you listen to. So that's in 1981, cool. Ain't No Stopping got to number 11. Okay, well, that was my favourite out of the two, just purely based on the songs that were in it. Like, in both of the songs you gave me, I recognised quite a few of the songs um but ain't no stopping was just my favorite without all the feelings and the vibes it gave me okay and then 1981 i love music got to number 25 yeah see that one did do as well so yeah so that was their their two so as i say they were medleys of popular disco music yeah disco track so then we move on to mirage yeah so i don't know what genre they come under but these are kind of the same they do like a mix but it's more like a dj type sound like there's not any lyrics apart from they like to repeat the word jack a lot um in so jack mix they just have a lot of jack mixes don't they and that's all that there was whenever when i typed in jack miss and all the roman numerals after it i was like god they didn't get any songs out that weren't a jack mix so in jack mix is that five the second one that i had iv uh, four four five is just a v Ah, uh, so jack mix four that i had yeah, yeah. that one's more uh-huh um, so that one, like, that one was nice. Um, like, it kind of gave a bit more lyrics to them other than just hearing Jack. Fine. Um, like I say, I think it's more like a DJ set. Yeah. Like, noise, like sounds put together. Um, the people, they wear coordinating outfits. They have dance routines. They just seem to have a bit of fun with it. They're just rolling with it i mean they seem to get quite a few jack mixes out but okay yeah i don't know what genre they are that was a hard one i didn't even want to have a guess oh okay mm. well mirage were tracy ackerman on vocals yeah leroy osborne and ray gale also on vocals okay so they were formed in 1983, right. and they were a dance pop. Ah, uh, dance. Group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so Mirage had its origins from 
Enigma. Ah, uh, okay. Having also been a project by Nigel Wright. So he, the, his follow-up project when I he left it... or disbanded Enigma yeah. was Mirage. When you said that he just left and moved on, in my head I was like, that's to Mirage because they're a similar yeah. type of So group. that's your link. Okay. They literally are the same group, if yeah, you think basically. about it. Yeah. Um, just with, in this a case, I mean, he even still had Tracy Ackerman in both, which was a bit yeah. even as also the link. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so um, formed in 1983, dance pop, again, just in England. So... Okay. Um, because they didn't have an actual base, I guess, or an yeah. actual formation, as in there was no one to get together. Like yeah. So, as I say, it had its origins from Enigma, having also been a project by Nigel Wright. Uh, the Shack Attack producer, this time it was a remixed base project. So, whereas the last one was a medley, this is a uh, remix. That's the I word guess that's I needed. The... Yeah. Because obviously, I suppose the uh, the landscape has changed, and maybe you've realised that medleys isn't the way to go in its remixes. Yeah. Um, so Nigel enlisted Tracy Ackerman from Enigma to the yeah. group, along with Lenny Osborne from Sharding, who would use the guise of Roy Gale. So. There was only two people. So when I said at the beginning that the Mirage were Tracy Ackerman, Leroy Osborne and Roy Gale, Leroy yeah. Osborne and Roy what? Gale are the same person. That's a bit mind boggling, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So um I suppose he didn't want he didn't want this project to take away from what he was doing at Sade. Yeah. So um, he went as so he changed his name for this yeah. one. Yes. So their first release was a medley of George Brown songs called Give Me the Night. So even though it says a medley, it was a medley, but they were remixes. They so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were sung by Roy Gale, also known as Lee Roy Osborne. Mm -hmm. And it charted in the UK singles at number 49. Okay, that's not too bad. Could be so, worse. Could other be songs they later remixed were Earth, Wind and Fire's Let's Groove. That got to number 81. Ooh. Cool and the Gang's Get Down On It, which didn't chart. And the Tracy Ackerman sung cover of Madonna's Into the Groove. That got to number 87. I mean, that's not going to get very far. You're covering Madonna. It's not comparable. So, so, yeah, so although the remixes were popular in the UK clubs, they didn't mm -hmm. cross over successfully to the mainstream chart. So they were very yeah. popular in the clubs, but not in the mainstream it's, chart. It's that type of music where you can just play it and people just yeah, I, yeah, like so. it. yeah, yeah. So, however, Wright was not to give up, and seeing an opportunity in the new house music style which was now beginning to enter the mainstream. Uh, so when Steve Silk Hurley released Jack Your Body in January 1987, White quickly responded by releasing a 12-inch Jack mix under the Mirage name 
a medley of Jack Your Body, Showing Out, Get Fresh at the Weekend, and Axel F. And then following positive response from the clubs, an expanded version was released titled Jack Mix 2. God. Uh, which went on to become the first UK-produced house record to reach the British Top Ten. Oh, wow. So, although being reliant entirely on medleys of other people's material, Mirage was one of the most successful house acts during 1987-88. However, the popularity faded as quickly as it started and the project was disbanded in 1993 and i guess then he just concentrated on shack attack i mean you would wouldn't you like why like i say there's only so many medleys and mixes like i'm not a big remix fan like if there's a song that i like and then a remix is released i won't listen to it because i'm like why are you messing about with the original there's only so much you can do with it and then you get all these other people. There could be one song with like five different remixes. Yeah. It's the same as this. Like, there's not. There's only so much you can listen to of one song. There's only so many medleys as well that you can listen to. So I'm not surprised. Like, because if you're going to produce the same thing over and over again, you, you're not really doing much and it's kind of like you're not putting much work in either because someone's already done all the vocals and all of that you're just adding a bit more another layer to it to make it sound that bit mm. different that's it really so. no no you're right um and yeah it was just at the time i suppose um they well they obviously did they sold as you'll find out from where they they, they charted um mm. but yeah it was a, a short-lived they're things that it was like a time. It's something new and what have you, but then they're saying it it will disappear. They had a go, and that was it. Yeah. So they had two top ten singles and two top ten albums. Oh, okay. So they had 1987 Best of Mirage Jack Mix 88. That got to number seven. Ooh, okay. And then they had in 1988 the Jack Mix in full effect, and that got to number seven as well. Fair enough. Do you know what I just thought? Imagine having an album of all these Jack Mixes. It would literally just be like listening to an hour-long mix because I I wouldn't really be able to tell the difference when it goes from one song into the next. Yeah. Like it would yeah. just be a long flow of mix, wouldn't it? They may as well just call it Jack Mix 100. The album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so going on to the singles. Now, I'm a bit, don't understand the, the, the so 1987 Jack Mix 2 Stroke 3. I'm so glad you have, don't understand. Did, they have, did they have a B-side of Jack Mix 3? I, I, don't, I don't know so whether it is a double A-side. They're two separate songs the the oh. funny thing is couldn't find these on spotify at all uh, these don't uh, exist on spotify so it was all on youtube uh, but yeah the jack mix two and three they're two separate songs i couldn't find but one. they both chart they both went into the as so far as the uk official one. charts go they were the two that is the listing for that in 1987 mirage jack mix two stroke three that is 
So they must have both. So I don't know. Anyway, got to number four. Um, it's just a. This is the one out of the two that was more a DJ set than a song. They said Jackal. And do you remember the Crazy Frog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, there's a little bit in, I can't remember if it was in Jack Mix 2 or 3, there's a little bit sounds like the crazy frog, but not obviously the frog himself, just like the, the sound like that is in crazy frog. And I was like, whoa. And I'm like, maybe, like, because this would have come before crazy frog. Yeah, 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 because crazy frog was like, a lot of 90s. Yeah. Maybe 2000s. Yeah. So, I was yeah. definitely old enough. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a lot of noise, that one. There was, like, no lyrics at all, really, apart from Jack. Okay. And then later on in 1987 as well, we had Jack Mix 4, and that got to number 8. Okay. This was my favourite out of the two. It, this is a medley, though, so it had, like, the singing. It's just got a bit more to it. It's a lot more enjoyable. Um, it's not just the noise. Okay. And that was my favourite. Moving on, then, to Flash and the Pan. Yeah, weird name. Um, not much to say about him. There's only one song that I had. Um, I want to say they're some sort of electronic or synth group. Don't know. The video for Waiting for a Train is is quite good. I quite like the video. So it's like he was on some sort of pier. Um, but it's like. It weren't real life. The guy looked real, but everything else was a bit like graphic. So if there was people in the video, they were real. But everything else had like a bit of a, I don't know, it was like a book type of, I can't explain it. It just weren't real life. Um, they kept it sing simple. And so all I really saw was the lead vocalist. He's a bit older. And then like there were other people then later on in the video, but there was like two dancers. So I don't know if anyone else was in the band didn't really see anyone it was quite cool in the video because you saw a bit of 80s tech like the teeny weeny tvs mm-hmm. like would have been like your first tv i'm guessing um they like had one of those yeah um but no i really liked the video it was really enjoyable um not much to say about them like because i don't know who's in the band um the only thing is there's a nine nine minute version of waiting for a train I didn't listen okay. to it, so I can't tell you what the difference was. I was not putting myself for a nine-minute song, but there's a nine-minute version of it. Okay. So Flash in the Pan is a duo of Harry Vander, the guitarist, folk vocalist. Sorry, no, he's the guitarist. And George Young, the, another guitarist, but also the vocalist. Oh, okay, so that's it. That's it. So oh. it formed in 1976 in Whoa. Sydney. New South Wales, Australia. Okay. And they are seen as a pop rock, synth pop, new wave band. So I got the synth. So, yeah. So they, in a sense, one of the first synth pop groups, although they went more to pop rock than they obviously started off as synth pop, went to pop rock. Yeah. Which is what they're best known as. So the Crash and the Pan were essentially a studio project of former Easy Beats members who became a production and songwriting team known as Vanda and Young and were in-house producers at Albert Studios in Sydney. So the duo's debut album, Flash in the Pan, 
was originally released in Australia in December 1978 on Albert Productions, so their own label. And it was in, then internationally released the following year on Epic. So aside from Vander and Young, the studio musicians included Ray Arnott on drums, Les Karski on bass and Warren Morgan on piano. The album itself charted at number 80 on the US Billboard Hot 200 and number 14 in Sweden. So very popular in Sweden, the album. Okay. Um, and, you know, number 80 on the US Hot 200 album chart yeah, isn't so they're not doing, No, that's not bad at all. So their second studio album, Lights in the Night, reached number one in Sweden. And even provided two release singles, Welcome to the Universe and Media Man. Um, In October 1981, UK-based artist Grace Jones, she released a cover version of Walking in the Rain, which was the B-side of the duo's first released single, Hey St. Peter. Obviously, it never done anything, the single, but she or her people around her obviously um saw something in the b-side of it yeah yeah so walking in the rain was released by grace jones um in august 1982 the duo released their third studio album headlines with two tracks released as singles where were you and waiting for a train Headlines was seen as a more rock album and mm. reached number 13 in the Swedish album charts. But isn't it Sweden that like a bit of oddness? I don't know. Like they like well, a bit of Sweden music. had Appa, wouldn't No, I think you'll mm. get muddled up with Finland who had that weird winners of the um, Eurovision with a rock Oh yeah. Yes. So Italy, Italy are very. I don't yeah, know. I can't work out Italy's music um, uh, lights, but um, I wouldn't say Sweden with okay. ABBA and what's and REO Speedwagon. Probably yeah, their free, they you know. quite a lot, haven't they? Yeah, I think it was Was it REO Speedwagon? There was a what group from Sweden anyway? It might not be REO Speedwagon. Uh, yeah. Might be yeah. might be Europe. Might be Europe that's Swedish. There is a one of those is one of them actually. Um, that yeah, so um, they've had a few, but yeah, I wouldn't say they're weird. So they but they obviously liked um, Flash and the Pan, yeah. So, um, as they were certainly the most successful in Sweden. Um, so yeah, the album had different session musicians from the from the last ones. Uh, so what Ray Arno was Ray Arnott was kept on drums. But they added Ian Miller on guitar, Ralph White on keyboards, and Alan Danso on bass, Steve Wright on vocals, and Lindsay Hammond on vocals. Right. So had a few more added. Um, So Hammond was also in the group Cheetah, who were also signed to Albert Productions. So there was obviously the link where they used... because they use session musicians, they obviously use them through their 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 their, their, their production or whatever yeah. you want to call yeah. it. Produ- 
Um, in late 1984, the duo released their fourth studio album, Early Morning Wake Up Call, which critics called bland and boring. Oh, okay. So That's... didn't do very well. It, really well isn't it? And it didn't even say it done well in Sweden either. So, uh, oh, so that one so went. No, right. not, as, not as good. So then their fifth studio album, Nights in France. They've produced a lot of albums, haven't they? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Night, Nights in France um, was released in October 1987 and had two tracks um, released from it, Isla and Money Don't Lie. Their final studio album, Burning Up the Night, was released in October 1992 with two further singles, Burning Up the Night and Living on Dreams. The duo then decided to concentrate jointly on, oh, sorry, just on songwriting and production. So they jointly decided okay. to disband. So instead of producing it themselves. Where they started, in a sense. Um, yeah. Which, or what they'd gone on to after leaving Easy Beats back in the early 70s yeah. they then went after after this project they went went back to it well i don't really blame them and uh, while doing that they've worked for other artists and then in 20 and unfortunately in october 2017 george young died at the oh. age of 70 just three weeks before his young brother malcolm of acdc oh my god Yes. Um, in 1988, Vanda and Young were inducted into Australia's Recording Industry Association Hall of Fame, otherwise known as ARIA, as we've, yeah, we've come, come to know them now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while the Young brothers, Angus and Malcolm, mm -hmm. were also inducted at the same time as members of ACDC. Ah, quite cute. Um, I'm just looking, and Early Morning Wake Up Call, which was panned by critics and called bland and boring, yeah. didn't chart anywhere apart from Switzerland, where it got to number 18. It's not bad. And Sweden, Sweden, oh. where it got to number 3. Oh. So it was a hit in other places. So it well in Sweden where they obviously oh, completely yeah, love them. Yeah. But then you know, Switzerland. you can go out oh, they're releasing a new new album, go go and get it, Everybody and then you don't like it, get you it. get home and you play yeah. and you think that's not actually it's rubbish. Just sits on um, the shelf. But yeah, the the next two albums, Night in Nights in France and Burning Up the Night, they didn't chart at all. Um anywhere. Um, although Burning Up the Night did chart in Germany at number 92. So not even in Sweden did they chart. So maybe that, you know, the, the critics were right. But the reason it got to number three in well, Sweden was because of the popularity beforehand. And then you get home and listen to it and think, I'm not listening yeah. to them again. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so I'm it like did actually get to number three. Like, because obviously, like I've already said, I didn't go out and listen to any more songs than the songs you gave me. Um, these ones have released quite a lot. Yeah. So it I'm, like, intrigued. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I mean, as much as, obviously, we didn't like them. Um, well, they never done any. They never charted. I've just looked. Yeah. Um, so. 
they didn't do nothing over here, which is why oh, I didn't have them on here. Uh, not yeah. at least not album wise. Obviously, single wise, yeah. you, as you know, you've got a single coming. So I might uh, listen to more, like, and see what the others are like, because they've produced a lot of albums. So yeah, as much as they didn't chart here, they might have not even released it here. So as far as over here went, um, yeah. down among the dead men, which I haven't even mentioned, um, that got to number fifty four. Okay. That was in 1978. Um, even in even in uh, Sweden, they that didn't chart. Um, oh. So then you had waiting for a train, which I'll come to in a minute, mm-hmm. and then you had a re-release of Down Among the the Dead Men. This is 1983. They obviously liked that track. They really tried. They that released one. it obviously over here. And then after the success of Waiting for a Train, they thought we'll reissue it and release it again. <laughs> um, it got to number 77. Oh. So it actually okay. done worse than the original at 54. And that was it as far as in over here, or at least oh, as far as in went. They had, you know. And even in Sweden, they only had one single chart. And that was Midnight Man at number 20. So then it was more... They were certainly more um, albums, but Waiting for a Train was definitely their best single across across Europe. Um, It got to number 15 in Belgium. It got to number 11 in Ireland, got to number 26 in both New the, the Netherlands and New Zealand. And then obviously it charted in the UK. So um, as far as yeah. they go, they had one top ten single over here, no albums, just a single. Right. right. Um, so it was, as we know, waiting for a train. It was in nineteen eighty three, and it got to number seven. Seven. Now, considering number there's seven. nothing else that they've done, no. that's quite, yeah. quite hard. Oh, okay. Well, it's not really singing. They're ju- it's just talking. Um, like, he does not sing at all. It's got a long intro, and it does cut in and out of, like, just being instrumental to having that bit of talking, going back to instrumental, having a bit of talking. So I enjoyed the video more than the song. Okay. That's not good when you enjoy the video more than the actual song. When the video is actually promoting the song. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the video okay. was great. <laughs> All right. Moving on then to Roman Holiday. And Holiday is spelt with two L's. Yeah, I thought that was a typo when you sent that over to me. Um, <laughs> and didn't think, because I search by song when I'm adding Spotify. So I didn't think anything of it when I was then searching. Um, so when I was writing my notes, I typed it as if, as an, as Holiday. And then when I went on to YouTube, I was like, oh, it does have two L's. Dad was right. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was a typo. Um, I've gone with pop. I don't know if there's a bit of swing in there as well. Um, they're quite a large boy band. Complete switch on what I've had so far. They're an upbeat, feel-good group. They're just plain, simple music. Like, they're just music. They're doing it. That's it. Um, these are very 80s, a casual jeans, bright, like what I'd assume you were wearing when you were young in the 80s. Um, but yeah, I had two songs. If out of all the 
bands that I had this week, these would be one that I would have chosen to listen to more. But if I did it for one, I would have had to do it for all the others. So I didn't. I just stopped with I did the two. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll see what you say to see whether I do think about listening to more. Okay. So you're right. They were a larger group than what we've had. Uh, Roman Holiday were Steve Lambert as the lead singer, Brian Bonhomme on guitar, Simon Cohen, Cohen on drums, Adrian York on piano, John Derno on bass, John Ecott on trumpet, and Rob Lambert on saxophone. They were formed in London, England, 1980, and um, they come. They they were like all around London, sort of based. Right. Okay. So that's why it's got formed in London. Um, 1980 was the year they formed, and they are funny enough exactly what you said—a pop swing new wave group band. You got that spot on. So I wrote just pop, right? And then when I was listening, I was like, nah, there's something more in here. And I couldn't put my finger on it. And it weren't until, like, I just, I had to listen to it, really, just listen. I was like, is swing music a thing? Swing music is a thing, that's what it's that. Look at in things now. Well done. So, yeah, pop swing, new wave. So they were established in November 1980 by Brian Bonhomme, Steve Lambert, Simon Cohen and Peter Noon. Although Peter Noon left shortly after that, and then Rob Lambert and John Derno joined later. Right, okay. okay. And then in 1982, a Soho Square busker, John Ecott, joined the band, along with Adrian York. Well, he's done well there for himself, hasn't he? Little busker getting picked up by a band. So, yeah. Um, but I suppose, he, you know, someone just standing there playing the trumpet, yeah, that, yeah. Um, so yeah, so John Ecott joined the band along with Adrian York. Um, John Peel saw the band playing at the Jive Dive Swing Club in London and invited yeah. them to record two sessions for his radio show, and that led to Mick Jones of The Clash inviting them to support the band which in turn led to the band signing a deal with Jive Records. Oh, okay. So their second single, Don't Try to Stop It, became a big summer hit in 1983. However, Mm -hmm. the follow-up single, Motormania, failed to achieve the same success and the album Cooking on the Roof, which was released in the late, later in 1983, also only achieved modest, modest success. Oh, okay. Um, in 19, and then in 1984, both the brass men, so the trumpet and saxophonist, yeah. left the band. So John Ecott and Rob Lambert both left. And then in the US, the exposure of MTV airing their video for the single Stand By saw them reach number one in the Canadian Adult Contemporary Chart. So, yeah, Stand By. Not something that was released over here, or if it was, it didn't chart. Um, right. We'll just double-check on that. But, yeah, but it got to number one in the Canadian Contemporary Chart. Got to number 61 over here. I've just oh, okay. looked. Not well at all. So, no. 
They got to number 54 in the US, but I'm not sure what chart that would have been. May well have been uh, the. Uh, it might have just been a Billboard Hot 100. Or so, no, it was, the, it was the Billboard Hot 100. Oh, it was. Oh, so they got okay. to number 54. Uh, the band also charted in Japan with their singles Hear It in the Night and One Foot Back in Your Door, which weren't released over here. Um, One Foot Back in Your Door got to number 76 in the US as well. Um, but they both reached the top 10 in Japan, both of those singles. Weird. What a random... Yeah. Like, and what I don't get is they're from here, but things aren't being released here. Like, Well, maybe they were released. As I mean, I've got their, their list here. So Stand By was released in 1983, got to number 61. Don't try to stop it. Obviously, we know that's got in the top 40 because you've got that. Same with Bowden Motomania. One, back, one Foot Back in Your Door didn't chart. Fire Me Up didn't chart. Touch Too Much didn't chart. I'd be fuming if, as an artist, my home country didn't support my music. I would be absolutely fuming. I'd move to whatever country supporting it the most. I'd be like, nah, so do you lot, I'm moving. Well, like, it seems like Japan. I mean, I don't, it depends on the promote. how it, sometimes it's a lot onto the promotion because, you know. But why wouldn't I you mean, promote it in it, your own country? Well, maybe it comes down to budgets and money, doesn't it? Same as anything. But it oh, seems it, like in the, in the US, they, they, they got lucky with MTV playing. Yeah, it, as it says. yeah that's true. And, um, you know, obviously it was a good enough song. People liked it. And obviously, yeah, it got to number one in Canada. Or one of their singles, um, Stay By, Stop, Stand By. Um, and then obviously, whatever the promotion was happening in Japan, because the only two that ch charted in Japan were Hear It In The Night and One Foot Back In, back in Not The Not even the band. same as what we had chart like. But, um, they were in like later on. So um, One Foot back in, your, back in Your Door, sorry. Yeah, but one foot back in your door. Uh, yeah, that was released in 1985. Whereas Stand By was 1983. So you know, um, and same with Don't Try Stop It. That was 1983. Yeah. However, after be making it big in Japan, the band disbanded in 1985, which is when One Foot Back in Your Door was released. So maybe they were like you and just felt well. We've we've made it big in Japan, and they give us our money. And you don't know whether they were dropped by their record label. Yeah, you know, because they weren't that big, were they? No, no, no. And that's why you've got them now, not when um, you should have had them. Because yeah. they were a band that were totally missed by me because I haven't heard of them. No. So did um, they only release one album? Um, they released. Three albums, Roman Holiday in 1983, uh, got to the, it only charted in the US at number 142. Oh, wow. In the hot 200, I remember, over there. Oh, yeah, it's 200. Um, Cooking on the Roof, um, that charted over here, which I will come to, and also in the US, where it got to number 116. Right. That was in 1983 as well. And then Fire Me Up in 1984. Um, in the US, just missed out on the hot 
Billboard 200 chart at 201. Oh, you'd be fuming. Isn't it funny, though? Like, Spotify only has Cooking on the Roof. Because I was just looking, I was like, oh, I wonder what what I've got access to. It's only got Cooking on the Roof. But it's funny because it's quite on, in Cooking on the Roof. It's got, like, the standby. Oh, it's just got standby of the ones that you've mentioned. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so they had one top 20 single over here, one top 40 album, and that was 1983's Cooking on the Roof at number 31. Okay, bad. So regarding their singles, 1983, Don't Try to Stop It, number 14. Okay, that was my favourite out of the two. It's upbeat, catchy, gets you moving. Oh, it's a good in that one. I enjoyed listening to that one. Okay. And in 1983, Motor Mania, number 40. Okay. Same feelings as Don't Try to Stop It, but it's a bit repetitive. Moving on swiftly to the SOS Band. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure with their genre, but I've gone with like R&B, pop, disco. Three very different um, genres, but I kind of got all them feels from it. They've got really good vocals. Um, they're the best group lyrically, lyrically, I would say, like because you've had your two medley mixes groups. You've had Roman Holiday, which they did sing, but this one's really got that lyrics to it. Um would say they sound more 90s and 80s, but what brings the 80s into it is they've got that little bit of programmed sound, like it's got that 80s sound to it, the beats in it. Um, don't get much from their videos, they just like to match their outfits. Okay. So the SOS band were Jason Bryant on vocals and keyboards, Billy Ellis on saxophone, Willie Sonny sunny killy brew or kill brew on saxophone yeah. bruno spate on guitar john alexander simpson on bass james earl jones the third on drums and mary davis on vocals right they were formed in 1977 in atlanta georgia and they are Post-disco, funk, oh yeah, forget about that. Boogie, R and B. Oh, the R and B is in there. And I wrote R and B first, you know. That was the first thing that I thought, so I could really hear that. So they were originally called Santa Monica. And their manager, Bunny Jackson Ransom, sent a demo to the lead of Tabat Records, Clarence Avant, who promptly signed the band. Avant Avant then suggested the band work with songwriter-producer Sigidi Abdullah. And it was Abdullah who then asked a question around their name and why a band from Atlanta called yeah. themselves Santa Monica, which is in California. Um, and obviously they're from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, to which Bryant replied that the band had a very enjoyable and successful concert in Santa Monica. 
Yeah. Um, so they called themselves after to remind them of that that day, I suppose. Yeah. Um, that it's still a bit random. So yeah. So Abdullah then came up with the new name, the SOS Band, with SOS standing for Sounds of Success. So oh. still, the success was there from Santa yeah. Monica. So yeah. he sold it to they, them. That's what it means. It. It's a bit better than than Santa Monica. Um, People think you're from there and all that. Yeah. Um, if you're saying you've called yourself that because you had an enjoyable, successful concert, why not call yourselves the Sounds of Success, which in a sense yeah. is also explaining to you know what that means but the sos band will be better will probably be better market for marketing purposes than yeah, santa monica totally. yeah which is what so they then changed so abdullah produced and co-wrote take your time do it right which went to number one on the arm and b chart in america or the billboard hot 100 uh, the, Sorry, the Billboard R&B oh, chart. Yeah. And number three on the Billboard Pop chart. Wow. And also oh, saw the album. Oh, wait, was that an album? No, that was a single, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a single, but obviously it didn't do anything over here. Yeah. And then um, that saw the album go platinum. And then their debut album... Sorry, that, that, which is their debut album. Right. Completely got muddled up with my wife. So <laughs> they released a single, Take Your Time, Do It Right. That went to number one on the R&B chart, the, the, so the Billboard R&B chart, and it went to number three on the Billboard Pop chart. And that helped the album, which was their debut album, SOS. Yeah. That reached number two on the R&B album chart, selling over... 800,000 copies and going gold. Whereas oh, wow. a single obviously went platinum. I think yeah. if I've got that yeah. right. Um, the band then toured following this success uh, yeah. with trumpeter Abdul Rayouf joining the band. Okay. Okay, so now yeah. their second album, Two, T double O, not number two. That went to number 30 in the Billboard R&B chart. That was in 1981. The band's third album, simply called Three, but in Roman numerals. Oh, that's three, a thing today, isn't it? Uh, they worked with a new producer this time. So it wasn't um, Sigidi Abdullah. They worked this time with Leon Silvers and the writers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And the lead single, High Hopes, peaked at number 25 on the Billboard R&B chart. And the album got to number 27. And that was in late 82. They're not doing bad, but obviously that's No, not no, him. no. They're not. They're, I mean, it's, it's not in the main commercial chart. It's all no. in the R&B chart. Yeah, yeah, so. But yeah. still doing well, you know, even in just that chart. They're getting so then Yeah. So then Jam and Lewis took over the production from Leon Silvers of the fourth album, On The Rise. Um, and that saw the single Just Be Good To Me reaching number two in the Billboard R&B chart. Just asking and, about that one. Yeah. Was that an original song? 
just be good to me or is it a cover because if it's their original song i'm pretty sure it's being covered because it sounds very familiar that's just a good question good yeah I, and i was going to say i would suggest it's a cover but it's always hard to know where the actual first album came from yeah or sorry not album single um so no it must be this right because the songwriters are james harris the third and terry lewis but it must so terry lewis is the producer yeah and james lewis the third was the drummer no james no james lewis is is jimmy jam so it is the producers that wrote it okay so searching the band, but the right. producers jimmy jam and lewis they were the writers okay so searching then it must be because they come up first on spotify but professor green you must know him yeah he's yeah. done his own version just be good to green and um, it's got i think they've sampled it from there like because it comes up lyrics match and also i said earlier tabba records they were it's taboo t-a-b-u right okay. you look like an a right so yeah just to correct that but yeah so yeah so they they did write it so that is the original release okay so it's been looking at that then it's been sampled it looks like mariah carey did something with it earth and days did something with it deborah cox so quite a few people have done something with it yeah but it's not the band who get the credit for that yeah it's the producers who are also the songwriters yeah um so yeah so jam and lewis took over the production of the fourth album on the rise and that saw the single just be good to me which we just spoke about reaching number two in the billboard r&b chart and the ballad ballad tell me if you still care reached yeah. number five while the album peaked at number seven on the r&b album chart in the summer of 1983 okay so that was their most so obviously going over to uh Jimmy Jam and Lewis, Terry Lewis, um, helped them as and a group. As, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So the formula of Jam and Lewis obviously worked well, and they stuck with them for the follow-up yeah. album, Just The Way You Like It, which charted at number six on the R&B chart. Yeah, and I confirm that does not sound like... Um, Oh, it's gone out my head now. But I thought it was a different song and I listened to it and it wasn't what I was thinking, but the tune's gone out my head now. So it's not just the way... No, it's not. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that cheats chucked it at number six on the R&B chart. While lead single of the same title also charted at number six in the singles chart and that was in 1984. the sixth album sands of time was released in 1986 and saw the single the finest reaching number two and the r&b singles chart while the album went gold after reaching number four in the billboard r&b chart album chart uh, later that year mary davis left 
to pursue a solo career and although the band continued with a new vocalist Chandra Kuraly for their seventh album Diamonds in the Raw unfortunately during the recording of the album the saxophonist um, also one of the founding members Billy Ellis he passed sadly passed away I can't find anything on what the reason was or how old he was at the time right. um, the album was still released um, but only I've got to number 43 so much also. a big difference from their other albums yeah um, their last album one of many nights was released in 1991 Okay. Um, but that failed to even chart. So they've had two big failures in a row since, funny enough, coincidentally, since Mary Davis left, who was the vocalist. So she left oh, and then they were two That dropped. made a big difference. So, yeah. No. Um, following the failed charting of One of Many Nights, they obviously got rid of Chandra Carella, Corelli, and um, Davis subsequently rejoined the band for tours. Okay. Um, and then in 2021, Mary Davis retired from performing mm -hmm. after suffering from a stroke. And I suppose, in a sense, oh. that also then saw the end of the SOS band. As yeah, such. If you haven't got your vocalist when you're on, you know, they've already tried another vocalist and that obviously didn't, that work. didn't work. And so, yeah, it seems like that yeah. was. Mary Davis retiring was also the SOS band retiring in it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of... Uh, so they had two, as far as the UK go, they had two top 20 singles, which is obviously what you listen oh. to, and oh, top two 20, yeah. top 30 albums. 1984's Just The Way You Like It got to number 29, while 1986 Sands of Time got to number 15. Not bad. Could be worse. So regard, yeah. Regarding their singles, 1984, Just mm. Be Good To Me, got to number 13. Okay. That's not bad. It's got a good beat. The only thing is the vocals are quiet compared to the music, so you don't get the full... Which is why I did think it had been covered, because what I remember of that song, it was a bit more upbeat and louder if that makes sense so uh -huh. but now we know this is the original but no it, it was good i prefer mm -hmm. other I prefer the cover that i know like even professor greens i prefer that one fine bit bad. um also 1984 just the way you like it number 32 oh this was my favorite like it's it was just a hit with me as soon as i heard it there's something about it um it's catchy, upbeat, you can sing along to it. Like, it's kind of up my street. And in 1986, The Finest got to number 17. Okay, this is less lyrical than the others, but as it goes on, you can really get into it. It's just got a good beat. It's just quite sad that it's not as up there with the vocals. But it weren't bad. Okay. Fine. Moving on then to... Bellowy Sun. Yeah, I've just gone for plain pop with these. Okay. Um, so uh, Bellowy Sun. Wait a minute. 
And these are very 80s sounding. <laughs> There's not much to say about them, though. I like the mix of vocals that they got a female and male vocalist, and I like that they like the but the female I think it is is more of a backing. One of them's more of a backing. I can't remember. Um, and I feel like there might be a little bit of new romantics in there, maybe just with the way they're dressing. But I'm not sure. Okay, it's funny you say about female because Belloy's son is just Neville Keeley. Now I thought it was a group. And it started off as a group. Now, it's a bit weird. And I got yeah. confused even when I was researching. Um, oh, so, even like videos, there's at least three people. So yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. So bear with me. But there's no woman in any of this, in this unless um, one of the people that I've got named, but their names certainly don't come across as women's, is a woman. Um, so, yeah, so... Bear with me. So you've got Belle Louise son, Neville Keeley. 1981, they were formed in Forest Hill, London. Sophisti pop, synth pop, new wave is the genres okay. they're, they're down as. Yeah. Um, so Belle Louise son is a British singer-songwriter born Neville Keeley. In 1982, Neville formed his first band and performed around London under the name Belle Louise son. Right. With guitarist Scott Taylor, who would oh. later become a founding member of then Jericho, and oh, okay. Phil Harrison on the keyboards, who had previously been in the Corgis. That's with a K, not a C. Um, right. So they were both blokes, Scott and Definitely Phil, broke. that would tell you me. Can't, can't, they're not unisex names. So... Um, the band played numerous gigs and in the summer of 1983 signed to Tritech Music, which was yeah. owned by Paul and Michael Barrow, who at the time managed Duran Duran. So okay. you could well say they were part of the New Romantics because Duran Duran were part of the New yeah. Romantics. So, yeah. yeah, they just um, had something about them. So then by October 1983, now this is where I get a bit lost. Right. Bill, Bellary Sum was signed to Parlophone. Now, I don't know whether that's the band or the person who then named himself Bellary Sum or went under the guise of Bellary Sum, which was Neville right. Keeley. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's okay. now the it's band or the trio or him. Right. Um, so they were signed to Parlophone with the single Target Practice being released in spring 1984. And to help promote the single, Bellary Sum supported Nick Kershaw on his Human Racing UK tour in 1984. So then the first album, Some People, saw yeah. two singles, Imagination and Some People, become a US pop dance club play hit. So they were on the playlist, in other okay. words, yeah. which obviously helped. And then Bellary Sum also contributed to the Pretty in Pink film soundtrack with Round Round. Then in late 1986, Bellary Sum recorded his second album. And that's what I'm saying. It then goes to his. Goes to he. Yeah. Um, Bellary Sum. So he just named it Bellary Sum. Um, in New York uh, with the singles Let It Be With You and animal magic and both became 
become US Hot Dance Club play hits. So again, they've been played in the clubs. Okay. So then in nine, by 1989, Bellary Sum formed the big broadcast with the band touring the UK, playing small venues and clubs. So that tells me he's a soloist that then formed another band. So it's like he formed Bellary Sum and then became Bellary Sum. Yeah. And then he then formed another band called the big broadcast to obviously tour again with Bellary Sum as the, like the lead singer. So it's a bit, very, odd, a bit very, yeah, and I was getting confused of where's Bellary Sum, the band, become Bellary Sum, the soloist. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, as I say, then he formed another band, like as his supporting band, I suppose. Oh, so it's, a, it's very that. much like Gary Newman and the Teardrop and um, the Tube Army. Yeah. And then it become Gary Newman, you know, but this is the opposite. So this is At least very... what's Gary Newman. Well, yeah, it doesn't help that this person's changed it? the name. Or who was it? Was it Alice Cooper that was a band? Yes, he changed. Yeah, and then he changed the, took the name, and yeah, so very similar to this. Yeah. Again. Um, but Bellary Sum sounds like uh, it doesn't sound like a, a name. Yeah. <laughs> At least Alice Cooper is a is a name, although you'd think it's a woman. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so then in 1995, Bellary Sum released a single Let Me Love You For Tonight, which failed to chart. And in 2019, Bellary Sum performed at the 80s-themed Let's Rock festivals. Okay, so we're still going. Still going, but, yeah. But only, like, not releasing new stuff is just... Doing oh, and it. I think it is just as him now, which I... Don't know Without, whether when you know, he was when he was successful. So like the singles that you've had, whether was that, that was Bellary some the band or Bellary some some the yeah. soloist Neville Keeley. Very bizarre. Yes. Answers on a postcard because even I couldn't work it out. Um, so he they had one. 20 single no charting albums so it's just the singles which you listen to yeah. um 1985 imagination got to number 50 oh why have i got that one then oh no that's wait the single the single imagine they why had no I... albums uh at least not why... charting albums so why have i got that then so 1985 imagination got to number 50 and then also in 1985 some people got to number 33 on the back of the success of some people they re-released imagination or reissued it in 1986 and it got to number 17 this time oh now so that they, obviously, they obviously um had a lot of um they knew it had potential, but yeah. when it was first released, it didn't obviously it didn't, didn't really well. break anything. Number fifty. They then released their second single, "Some People" from the from the album, the same of the same name. Some people that got to number thirty three. That obviously then helped them get a bit more you know, notice. Get a bit more notice, mm -hmm. and then they reissued "Imagination," and that's right. this time got to number seventeen. 
That makes sense. However, they re-released it again in 1995, but it only got to number 95. Oh, okay. So it done way worse then. Well, some people is catchy, but a bit too quiet for me. Imagination was my favourite. Um, it's re- like it's repetitive, but it's catchy. It's sing along. Like to be fair, the songs that they've released, they're not bad. Like they've mm. they've got, they've definitely got. I can see the potential they thought they had, but it's mad they only had those two hits. Yeah, I think they have like a cult following. I think they were like that sort of band, that make... you know. Yeah. And I suppose they're very much like um, furniture, who um, never had the luck but obviously had that great single with Brilliant Mind and they have like a cult following as well. So I'd mm. say it's like, like that. Also, I quickly looked up, I looked up Bellowy some on Spotify because on yeah. Spotify, like you, if you go on like the artist page, yeah. you scroll down and you get a like little about. And oh, even like on, bio. yeah, and it just says, that they're a British singer, songwriter, and musician. He had UK and worldwide hits in the 1980s with some people, Imagination Around Round Round from Pretty in Pink. So that doesn't even say that they ever were a band. No. It just says so, that it's him. Yeah. So. so whether it was just him and he had session musicians, but... Yeah, we we'll never know. I don't, I don't know. I always, I, I suppose, because of his name. If I'm on the, the name of it, Bellowy Sutton, to me, always come across as a yeah, like not doesn't as a person. But I swear no. we had that once before, and I said I didn't know. You shouldn't have this now. I didn't realise um, um, it was oh, a person. It was a name, but it was a normal yeah. name. Yeah, it was it? Person? Was it cameo or someone? No, it, it was an actual name. Oh right, oh, I can't remember. Like it was something Wilson, I think. Danny Wilson. No, that Danny? that Danny Wilson isn't a person. Danny Wilson okay, was two people. Was a band that they got annoyed that they kept being that people said where you know thought yeah. there was a lead singer. Yeah. Mm. But no, yeah, there was another one. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm just thinking of that band name. Cause so yes. Name. So that that's um, that was Bellary Sun, a Very band much. or a soloist. I don't know. I mean, definitely, definitely a, a soloist, soloist. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Hipsway, who so I, I can actually tell you, Bellary Sum is nothing a part of, okay? Well, they look similar. When I was watching videos, I was like, oh, I feel like I've just seen this man. But no, apparently not. Um, I've gone with Just Pop, the Hipsway. Um, these are kind of ones where I'm like, I wish I, had, I wish I did kind of listen to more, but I didn't want to then go back and listen to all the others when I've made all the notes and decisions and whatnot. Um, I feel like if they had more songs, I would have liked them just because The Honey Thief was like a good one. Um, they keep it simple with our outfits, smart, casual, neutral colours. Like there weren't much on them. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued to see why they only had that one hit. Okay, so Hipsway were Johnny McKellen on bass, Graham Skinner on vocals, not Neville Keeley, Pim Jones on guitar, and Harry Travers on drums. They were formed in 1984 in Glasgow, Scotland, and they are pop, new wave. Oh, Oh, okay, yeah. 
So the band were formed by X Altered Images member Johnny McCallum. Yeah. While members Skinner and Travers had been with the band Kites. The band were quickly signed up by Mercury Records and by 1985 had released their first album, the self-titled Hipsway. Uh, the album saw moderate success on the album chart, charting at number 42. So just yeah. outside the top 40, um, wow. which is what, what, yeah, so it was in the top 100 album chart. While the single, The Honey Thief, peaked inside the UK top 20. Oh, wow. So that did well. And the single also reached number 19 on the US Billboard Hot 100 chart. Fair enough. Follow-up single, Tinder, however, wasn't as successful but was used in Scotland for the McEwan's Lager commercial at the time. So uh, didn't chart well, but obviously someone saw it um, in the old marketing business okay. and um, used it as a soundtrack for the McEwan's Lager. However, with the band failing to build on its success, McKellen left to found... To, to, to found, not fat as in to... Find? No, not find. He founded them, but he didn't found them. Forget what I mean. He created. He created. Founded, yeah. Uh, the band Texas. Right. So he's been in altered images. Yeah. Hipsway and Texas. Right. And they're not all like the same type of genre either, are they? Um, I mean, altered images and Hipsway, but Texas weren't. Poppy. Uh, I can't remember what Texas were classed as. Um, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure they weren't poppy. They weren't this poppy anyway. Uh, so by the time the second album, Scratch the Service, was recorded, both tra um, sorry, Travers had also left. So we've already lost McKellum before the um, the second album, and then by the mm -hmm. time it was recorded, Travers had also left. So they're now just down. To oh, so they're down to okay. Um, before you go on, altered images, um, was a new wave post-punk band, and when Texas. I didn't. I didn't get the what Texas were. Were Texas were alternative rock. Ah, right, okay. So yeah, they are a bit. So yeah, yeah. Texas were more mature. I, I did suppose, think that how, they how the late eighties, I suppose, did mature yeah, from yeah. the, the early eighties. I, I knew Texas weren't the same. I mean, hard. you could literally say um, Johnny McKellen went through the, his career is how the eighties went. It started yeah. off with like the pop. poppy synth pop and all that sort of yeah. thing, which altered images. It then went into just pop and New what have you, which hips wave. And then he's gone on to the more mature rock, rock, but still, still eighties rock, you know. Yeah, like it's not in your face heavy like rock. Like you two, you yeah. Know, um, with Texas, so yeah, yeah. So anyway, going going back to uh, scratch the survey, the second album. Um, so McCallum has already already left. Travers has now left as well, who was the drummer. Um, the album was released in 1989, but it failed to chart. Okay. Following this, the band 
what was remaining of it anyway, Graham Skinner on vocals and Pim Jones on guitar, they disbanded. However, in November 2016, the band reformed and released their first album for almost 30 years when Smoke and Dreams was released in late 2018. Huh? So, yes. Oh, that's really recent. Didn't, didn't chart, but... Oh, you know. they had a go. They're still yeah. doing it, so... Or trying. So they had no albums in the top 40, as we've already said, number 42, so they had no albums. But they did have one top 20 single, which is obviously the one you listened to, 1986, The Honey Thief. Which charted at number 17. Bad, is it? It's mad that that charted so high, yet they then didn't have anything else chart behind yeah. it. But also, it's mad that Waiting for a Train, that you like the video of, but not the song, yeah. got to number 7. Yet this song, yeah. you obviously, I'm guessing, liked, and yeah, it got to number it 17. Yeah. Weird. Which is no higher than the finest from the SOS band. No. And that one of... And it's the same also of Imagination. That got to number 17 when it was... Imagination was a good, good one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But The Honey Thief gets you moving. It's got a catchy chorus. Like I say, I was intrigued, intrigued as to why that was the only hit for them. So I might go listen to more because, yeah. So um, when you think you've got Waiting for a Train. Yeah. From Flash in the Pan. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, so ain't no stopping from Enigma. Okay. Yeah. The Jack Mix, the first one, the two yeah. stroke three. Yeah. Waiting for a train from yeah. Flash in the Pan. Yeah. Roman Holidays don't try to stop it. Uh huh. The SOS bands just be good to me. Be good to me. Yeah. Imagination from Bellary Sum. And the Honey Thief from Hipsway. What would your order be if you was to go and order? Jack makes two and three a bit at the bottom. Okay, but they were the best charted one at number four. Yeah, they bit the bottom. Mm, waiting for a train would be um, next, which was the next that. best charted one at number seven. Yeah, God, you said a lot. Um, did you say any from Roman Holiday? Yep, don't try to stop it. And ain't no stopping from Enigma. Ain't no stopping would be next. Which, funny enough, is the next charting single at number 11. Oh, um, and then, so I've done that one, done that one, done those three. So you've got Imagination, Just Be Good to Me. The Honey Thief, and don't try to stop it. Oh, it's hard. What I'm trying to point out, and that's fine, because... Just Be Good To Me would be next. So Just Be Good To Me, which was the next charting one at number 13. So you're left with two singles that got to number 17 in Imagination and The Honey Thief, and yeah. the one that got to number 14 with Don't Try to Stop It. They okay. are the ones you're left with. And that's what I was trying to, to say. Because the ones you said ones got to number four, higher. number seven, number 11, and number 13. All higher than the others. Which is what I was thinking you were going to say. The ones that you disliked um, 
were the ones that got to the higher charts. But we all know that I was talking about it. Were the better ones were the ones that I mean they still charted like all top twenty. Yeah, in the they were outside the top ten, outside the top fifteen. Yeah, yeah. But we all know that I don't like the big charts. We all know that. Well, I think find out now. um, What were your hits and misses? um, As we. Try or dad did dad educate or didn't educate did or didn't yeah enigma uk so i did like these and i did nearly put did but i put them as didn't only because like i've said there's only so many medleys you can listen to so listen to them too yes i like them but i wouldn't i'm not i'd rather listen to the songs that featured in the medleys and the medley i'd rather listen to the whole song so i don't think i'd go back to that i'll I'll let you off that one i was going to say well hang on if you like them that's a a did surely but i get what you're saying you'd Mm. rather have gone out with the actual songs rather than the actual medleys that were in that made up the song if i was in the 80s i would have heard them on mtv or on the radio whatever and non, get, probably then gone and searched for the songs that were in the medleys, not gone and bought how would you search, How would you have gone and searched them? We didn't have internet back in those days. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have mobile phones, really. You know, we, so I'm just wondering how you were going to search them. Oh, I didn't I like that. You wouldn't have known no difference. You would not Did know. Did you have HMV? <laughs> Did you have HMV? Yeah, we had HMV. Yeah, well, our price. It was our price back then. Yeah, I would have gone there and been like, right. Do you but you wouldn't have, what I'm trying to say is you wouldn't have known they were a medley of another song. Yeah, because those songs would have already been released. Yeah, but back in the 50s and 60s. But I know them now. You do? You, okay. Well, but now so you've got, how, how do you've I got, know yeah, them? What I'm saying is now, these days, you've got a hell of a lot more um ways of finding out things yeah but i wouldn't have listened Back to then it you had a newspaper with yesterday's news on it that was it but i wouldn't and have listened had... to know the songs that enigma i knew the songs, so i'd heard okay. them before i'd even heard enigma there's been so... a few songs we've had and you go oh i didn't know that was a cover oh i didn't know what i'm trying to say is you wouldn't have had the information to have gone back to know if yeah, you didn't know any different that they now. were a cover or a medley of another song, you wouldn't. There's no way of knowing. We didn't have but, okay, the internet. Put it this way, I think I only like the songs because I know the songs in them. So if I was a little old, like a little girl, like you were a little boy in the eighties, I don't think I would have liked that. I'm not a big medley fan anyway. No. I don't like mixes. I don't like messing with just a song. I don't like remixes or anything. Like, I, if even if I absolutely love a song, I won't listen to a remix of it. Okay. So you don't think you'd have liked those songs as a little nipper? I don't think I would have liked what Enigma did to them. But you wouldn't have known any different. All right. Well, talking about a nine, like, uh, talking about me then, I do know different. You've not influenced me with Enigma. I'm not going to go out and listen to Enigma. Moving on. Mirage. <laughs> uh, well, also di- uh, didn't. I don't do... They were too much noise and, yeah. Okay. A bit too much going on. 
Flash in the pan. Again, I didn't. Um, they just... I, I, I like, like, well, I like the video more than the songs. That says yeah. a lot about that, doesn't it? It does. Roman Holiday. They were a did. I enjoyed them. They were great. They, yeah. Um, the SOS Band. Again, a did. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. So the only one that I didn't, I mean, I did like it, but the finest weren't up as good as the others for me. But no, I liked them. They had a nice sound to them. Belle Louise Sun. Again, did. They were just catchy. They, yeah, like, I liked both songs. Like, I can't really fault any of the songs. And finally, Hipsway. Um, there a did as well, which is weird because it is only one song, but I did really enjoy that song. And like I said, when I was talking about them, I'm intrigued. Like, I kind of wish there was more. If, if yeah. out of any of the bands, I wish I did listen to more of Hipsway. Uh-huh. Okay. So, all that leaves me to say is, well, that's good. That's, um... You got four out of seven. One, two, three, four, five out of the seven. No, you got four. So that's you good. got four. You're um, not changing I, Enigma to a I D. Five. You got you said four. You liked Enigma. I like those. You I just couldn't four. keep listening to them. I wasn't asking you to keep listening to them. I would say that's a hit. You wouldn't but, have had the internet back then, and um, you would okay, listen to them like a good little girl, and have said, "Oh, I like these." Why have I gone Irish? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, but four. I'll take four from the very few songs you had. We're talking about you influencing me now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dad did influence you because four out of seven is yeah. Four. You've been successful, and I was worried because I didn't go out and listen to more, and because there was so little. I was at one, and at one point when I was like going through and doing my notes, I was like, "Oh, Enigmas, I didn't." Oh. Um, thingy my bob Mirage was a didn't and so was Flashing Pan I was like oh no what did I think of the next four and then they were all dids yeah. Yeah. okay so next week is the last of these groups that I've missed yeah. that as you and you can see now why I mean last week we had a oh, yeah. we had a we had a group last week that had only one sing one album one but then album still released was, the greatest album you know i mean yeah. that is that just that is fleecing your customers more than i don't yeah. know what but um but yeah so you, you know that's the uh the um reason why i left i forgot these because they just haven't got mm. much they didn't make what? a big impact i mean bellary some i don't even know what they were what he was you know so, no one uh, does, i don't think so episode 19 you have got for next week yeah the pogues don't they have a christmas song yeah that's all they're known for see okay hence i hadn't gone from before <laughs> cock robin nope the hooters nope midnight oil nope waterfront Nope. The Darling Buds. No. And lastly, Jive Bunny. You've mentioned them. You've mentioned them today. Yeah. 
Or to give them their full title, Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. Well, that doesn't give me hope that I like them. No. Okay. That's next week. Pogues, Cock Robin, The Hooters, Midnight Oil, Waterfront, The Darling Buds, and Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. Mm, Okay. I'll get on it. Yeah, I will send you over the songs again. There won't be many. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll go from there. Yeah. Have a good week. Yeah, you too. I'll speak to you next week. You will indeed. All right. Bye, Dad. Bye.